I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Dope Black Woman podcast, the podcast where we share stories of black excellence as part of our safe digital sisterhood. I'm Leanne Levos. I'm Rashan. You can call me Shan. I'm Lives. This week, we're discussing the show I May Destroy You with Maruche Opio. Hey guys, how's everybody doing? I'm good. Hey. Hey. So... Everybody on the face of the planet, I assume, has been watching this amazing new drama, I May Destroy You, written by, re- written and created by Michaela Cole, which explores kind of the blurred lines between consent and exploitation, but also gives this really authentic, true-to-life representation of young Black British life in London, which I think is amazing. And I think so many of us have agreed that we've never seen a show like this before. And mm. coming off the heels of a lot of the sexual violence we've seen enacted against women and women coming forth and acknowledging that one in every two women have been exploited at some point in time in their lifetime, it's rare that we see a show like this that really explores the kind of nuances of sexual offenses or sexual assault and where we can actually explore those kind of authentically and question things without feeling afraid to ask the wrong questions. And so today we are joined by our amazing guest who plays Terry on the show, Waruche Opio. Hey. Yay! Hey. <laughs> Welcome. Snaps and clicks only. Snaps and clicks only. <laughs> thanks for having me, ladies. No, thanks for coming on. So before we get started or getting right into it, one of the first things that we ask all of our guests is, what makes you a dope black woman? So if you want to tell us what makes you a dope black woman and give us a little bit of like introduction into who you are, how you fell into acting and yeah, just give us a little bit of your story. Um, I'm a dope black woman because I'm a dope black woman. <laughs> Amen. I mean, period. <laughs> it's as simple as that. She said that is it. I mean, that how is else I. explain that? What else, what else can I say about that? Um, yeah, I was born in Nigeria, uh, moved to England when I was 13 um, I've now realized that I've spent most of my life in England more than in Nigeria, but, um, my ties are still strong. You know, that's my, that's my home, both my homes, which is fun to have these two places to pick. I mean, sometimes I go to Nigeria and I'm like, I want to go home. And then I get here and I'm like, I want to go home, <laughs> mm. which I'm sure uh, a lot of people who are, you know, black people in the diaspora can relate to. Um, but Yes, I moved to England when I was 13, um, acting majority of my life, or all of my life, uh, I would say. But professionally, I started acting in 2010. Um, So I've been in the game for 10 years this year, which is uh, quite a milestone for me. Glad I made it. Every few months, I would give up. (laughs) Um, But um, yeah, we're here and... um, yeah it's been it's been a fun ride there's been loads of ups and downs I mean I just kind of knew that this is what I I need to do with my life and um that's kind of why I've stuck to it and this show I May Destroy You um feels like my breakthrough um job and I'm so glad that I'm part of the story this kind of story um I mean you couldn't pick a better job to have as a breakthrough job so um i'm living my best life right now 
<laughs> did you know um Michaela from before I had met her once before because we were both in Top Boy season two so um okay. there was this one scene where her character's son was kidnapped and I was one of the road kids and I had to bring the child back so we weren't actually on screen at the same time, but we were in the green room together with a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. So we just had like a little chat, but you know, there's loads of people in there. So it wasn't really one of us, you know, we didn't have like a one-on-one chat, but we briefly met then. Mm-hmm. And then the next time I met her was um, for this on my third audition. Uh, so I had the first audition. It was just like completely, I didn't know her. So it was just normal audition process like anybody else. Um, went in for the first time with the casting assistant, second time the casting director and the producers and the director. And then the third time I went in was to see uh, Michaela, the director and the casting director. And I remember walking in and Michaela's such an animated person and she's got this energy about her. And I walked in and she was just sitting there. Hi, <laughs> nice to meet you. And I was like, okay, sis, I see you. <laughs> but um, it's just this infectious energy she's got. So I sat down um said hello to everyone obviously did the scene and um it just felt really it just felt really natural it was like I was just you know talking to one of my girls and um after that we had a a little chat and I left and I remember walking out of there like what the hell was that because there was just this (laughs) energy you know you just vibe with somebody we just we just vibed and um yeah, and then a couple of months later, I got the call that I booked the job, and I was like, okay, that's what that Wait, vibe um, was. That's yeah. what that vibe was. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, God is good, sister. God is All good. All the time. Because the fact that um, that was the first time you met her is almost hard to believe because on camera, your friendship is just so authentic. Mm. It's crazy. I mean, everyone would ask, like, especially like backs um, behind the screen randomly when I'd like have one-on-ones with people who just you know chuck some they'll be like oh so how long have you known Michaela for and I'm like uh just done this job and nobody could really believe it um neither could I but I'm so happy that happened because I was a bit concerned at first because I was like okay so I'm supposed to be playing best friends with these guys with her and um Papa who plays Kwame yeah and I'm like Mm -hmm. how's this gonna work (laughs) imagine if I get there and we don't get on so that was like a panic that you know a concern that I had but we had a one or two days where we were rehearsing but we just ended up really just chatting and getting to know each other for those days and I remember after then I was kind of like okay well good because we all vibed which is um great man and I'm so glad it comes across on um on screen because it's yeah it's real man we vibe <laughs> you know sometimes with films that um like actors have to go to like some sort of training beforehand mm. to get them into like the writer zone or frame of mind for whatever the subject might be yeah was there any like training that you had to go do with Michaela to kind of build that rapport because mm. even though you're saying it's the first time you've met I'm still like so shocked <laughs> by that because no th- no honestly yeah. like when I look at the relationship between you two <laughs> I called my best friend, like, are you watching I May Destroy You? And she's like, no. And I'm like, it is. It's, it's literally just, it's me and my best friend. And sometimes we switch. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm like, I'm like, today. Like, no, but it's, it's literally like proper sisterhood. And especially when it goes back to showing you guys in school. Oh, and incredible. you're both still like oh, sick yeah. little kids. I don't like, know how um, that was cast. Because they had, I don't think, because um, I know the girl who played um, the younger... Arabella, her name is Danielle Vitalis. I've worked with her before. Mm-hmm. And um, when I found out she was doing it, I was like, yeah, she's sick, so she's going to kill it anyways. And then um, they were filming one day, and I hadn't met Lauren Joy, who plays the younger Terry. And I was that sad person who wasn't working that day, but I went to work <laughs> <laughs> just to meet her and to see no, it. Honestly, I am that person. So I was just watching them do the scene, and I was like, how is this even possible? That the yeah. vibe has been transferred, even though I don't know if they had seen any of the rapport between Michaela and I, but they just had the exact same thing. And I mean, I was watching it the other day when they showed that episode and I was like, yo, this is crazy. And it's just beautiful to see, man. 
yeah, the chemistry is just insane between both ages, yeah. both you guys as teenagers and then as adults. So obviously had a great time doing it and being a part of the story. But what made you initially want to be a part of telling this story? And what do you, I mean, beyond just working with amazing people, what did you love most about doing the show? Um, I think... I know that when I read the scripts, I was like, I've never seen, like you guys, I've never seen anything like this before. Nobody has in, you know, in our lives, a show that touches on so many important issues. And I mean, the timing of it right now as well, which obviously just worked together. But when I read it initially, I was like, this is history. This is definitely history in the making. And I need to be a part of this. Um, the fact that it's three black leads, you know, leading the whole thing. I was like, come on. And then showing, you know, fem- black female relationships on screen. And it was just so beautiful. And then the issues of sexual consent and rape and black people being speaking about these things. I mean, I I had never seen anything like it. And I, I needed to be... I needed to be a part of it. I mean, even if I got another little role in it, I'd have been happy to do it, if I'm honest. I just... <laughs> I think it's history and I just wanted to be a part of it. That's it. But the issues that it um, covers, you know, sexual assault, rape, um, sexual abuse, did you feel like, as an actor, you had to kind of go somewhere in your head to be like, I need to make sure I'm straight before being a main character in something like this? Because a lot of people talk about, you know, it could be triggering to watch, but I imagine it could be triggering to to act in it as well. I mean, definitely that was a concern that I had from the beginning, but I think production did quite a good job early on where they did come and they told us there was a counsellor available. Her name was Lou Platt, I think her name is. And she came and introduced herself to us and said, you know, I know because it is sensitive subject matter are very triggering for people and she was available to speak to us um whenever we needed to talk about it and for me personally I was just um I just always had my head to treat it with respect and to allow myself to check out when I needed to um I've found ways pers- in my head uh to check in and check out A thing that I do as an actor, um, I try not to have my natural hair on a show because we know how our hair, we spend a lot of money on it and we don't want it damaged. (laughs) So um, there's a thing that I do with the character's hair. Now, Terry's got, um, Terry wears wigs the whole way through. Oh, really? Yeah. For me personally, yeah, the, the whole way through. What are you where, thinking? Where's she getting her from? Because <laughs> yeah. you can see my hair right now. <laughs> 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 the fuck? Am I allowed to tell you where it's from? Am I allowed to plug them? You don't plug, don't plug. Let me know about that. Let me know. <laughs> they didn't pay for it, so they can't get it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I have this thing where when my wig comes on, when my makeup's done for the character and the costume, I'm like, Waruche's back there. But once I take it off, I'm back into Weruche and, you know, I have my things where I speak to my family and my friends and just like check out and take care of myself. But I think it's a conscious thing where, you know, you just need to be able to check in and check out of it, which is hard. But I think as an actor, that is kind of a skill that we need to have in order to stay sane and, you know, protect ourselves from um, the issues that we are telling and the stories that we are telling. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's such a... And the great thing about it for me is that I felt like I was learning as I was watching as well. I mean, my background is in dealing with justice reform and sexual violence, but I Mm. felt like I learned so much about the nuances of sexual violence or sexual assault. Guys, I don't know if you felt that way because there were so many, like, tricky scenarios. Like, even um, we were talking about Theo's situation yesterday Mm. and how much we learned from that situation or how um, when... uh, your other friend, what's his name? Kwame. Kwame. The, Kwame goes into the police station, how that's addressed and the mm-hmm. fact that we go beyond the kind of heteronormative discussion about sexual assault. I don't know, guys, did you also feel like you picked up on so many things? Yeah, I feel like a lot of my views and my 
assumptions were challenged. Like there's this really interesting scene with um, T's character that, um, you know, she has this threesome. We mentioned this the other day talking to Richie Brave. She has this threesome and you kind of feel like, yeah, you know, she's so in control. She's so in power. Yeah. She's like getting outside of... Um, you know, what she feels comfortable in, she's on holiday, she's trying mm-hmm. new things. And then she looks yeah. out the window and realises that these two men actually know each other. And it's such mm-hmm. a small moment, but it's so interesting because yeah. you're forced to to ask yourself, was she actually in control in that moment? Like, how much consent 100%. was there? Like, there's so many little moments like that where, as you said, it's all about the nuance. Like, And that happens way more often than mm-hmm. um, the straight black and white stuff. Yeah. yeah, I mean, everyone's been saying the grey areas, um, which is a lot of things that, you know, people are not sure where it quite fits into. So it's, um, I think it's great to have those discussions and, you know, to actually weigh them up and then decide that where does this actually fit into. Um, and it's having these discussions, I think, that will help us come to some sort of, you know, conclusion. Yeah, I think, I think that's a really good point to make, because I think for me, when watching it, Something I really appreciated was like how easy it was to digest or convey the experiences of people who are these victims or are the perpetrators, the people watching it who may not, who may have just avoided this this whole experience that people have. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. So someone who, even if they're, I think we, in our podcast last week, um, I was talking about men who I've spoken to who have said like, when it comes to like sexual violence or sexual assault, they've used the excuse of, oh, I've had friends and the girl was lying or things like that. But I feel mm. like even if you're someone like that who deflects from the real issue, when you watch this programme, you, you're forced to actually understand the issue at hand. So yeah. no matter who you are, I feel like everyone leaves this on a, the same level playing field of, of an understanding of what's going on. But it's not yeah. done in a way that's like they're shouting at you. I feel like because there's so much like layers to it and it's so subtle... Mm. It's just so easy to digest. You can almost show it to yeah. like school kids and it's appropriate for them to be able to understand. And I think that's really yeah. important. And the other yeah. thing that I found really interesting, and I don't know if people people will agree with this because it sounds kind of mad, but <laughs> <laughs> the idea of like seeing a black woman or like a lead black woman experience trauma, I quite liked because I feel like there's such a pressure for black women to be deemed as strong. So when mm. I watched that, seeing a black woman who's been through trauma that may or may not be similar to what I've been through it's like oh okay it's not I'm normal do you get what I mean it it kind of normalizes like people's experiences because when you watch these programs of with black women in it and their leads they're normally just hypersexualized they're not normally Mm. you don't normally see the dark the dark side of being hypersexualized you don't normally see like the negative sides in like that sort of way so that's something I definitely took away from it as well 100% I, I totally agree and I think everybody in the show experiences, as you just said, Shan, there are sexual assaults in different ways. So it shows that there is no one way to behave in response to being victimized. I mean, I think your response as Terry is d- very different from Michaela's, is very different from Kwame's. Mm-hmm. And was that a learning process for you as well? Did that, um, you know, learning about kind of the nuances or was it something you felt like you had the knowledge to kind of demonstrate or portray on screen? I mean, I think I went off how I think the... I mean, there was there are two things with it. With the writing, um, obviously, Michaela had written how each person responded to their separate trauma. Um, so it was more of me understanding the character and knowing the person she is and bringing that to life. Um, but I think Michaela did a great job in showing the different responses to trauma. While, you know, Arabella might have wilded out terry um terry was quiet about it which you wouldn't expect to her you know to be because the kind of character she is kwami's dealing with his for so long and you know so it's just like the different responses to trauma and how everyone um addresses it and deals with it differently um but i i think it also allows people to address the trauma do you know what i mean and to understand that however they process it is unique to them you know, you don't have to do what everyone else does as long as you're able to process it in your own way and in your own time. And I think she did well when encouraging people to just, you know, look inwards and, um, yeah, address the trauma. I think I definitely agree with that as well, because I think, you know, in the story, there's like a light bulb moment when I think it's you're talking to Kwame and Mm. he's talking about when he was walking in his school uniform and the guys came and then he had sex. And then 
it's like everyone realizes at the same time that that was like that was that should not have never happened. That's not normal. And I think no. I think the the sick bit, if I can say that, about that scene is that I'm sure a lot yeah. of people would have watched um, the pro the series and realized yeah. for their own light bulb moment. So even like with the condom scene of it being taken off. I'm sure a lot of people yeah. would have watched it and not thought that was anything. They might have thought like, oh, yeah, he's a dickhead. Blah, blah. But they might not yeah. have actually been like, no, that was actually stealth and that was actually rape. That was actually whatever mm-hmm. whatever other terms people want to use to describe it. So I think, um, yeah, the, the, the show is just so sick, man. On so many layers, it's just such a <laughs> sick show. No, honestly, my geez. <laughs> <laughs> It's incredible the way Michaela Black put it together. I mean, I always keep going back to the way she's been able to address these these different things. And, you know, I learned so much from the script, like the, like the stealthing stuff. I'd never heard of it and I didn't know it was a thing. Mm. But I know that the guy who plays um, Zane Curran, he, he did some research and he was shocked to find out, you know, that people... A lot of people have experienced this, but you know, a lot of the thing is, if you don't talk about it, if there's no discussion, you won't know, you know, if it's individual to you. And nobody's alone. A lot of us, a lot of people have experienced similar situations. So I think shows like this encourage us to talk about them and to, mm. you know, discover that we're not alone and, you know, things can be done and we can be helped. And I think it's the show's done that in so many different ways. So many. You know, we talked a lot about um, the friendship between um, T and Arabella and how strong that feels, how authentic that feels. Um, One of the things I'm really interested in is, you know, T goes through her own stuff, whether that's um, sexually or, you know, troubles in work and or stage fright or anxiety. And um, Arabella is kind of because she's going through so much of her own stuff, she's almost in like this bubble where she's not aware mm. of how much her friends are struggling. And I guess I'm really interested to know your thoughts on, you know, how we can get better at that in female friendships. Like when you know to be the caretaker versus when you know, actually, I need to put myself first. Because I think that's something a lot of women struggle with. I mean, I, I, I can um, relate to that in the sense where, you know, you have different... that Everyone goes through different points in their lives and through their friendships. You know, there are going to be points of your life where your bestie is winning and you're struggling. It's going to be times where, you know, it can... You know, the balance is always going up and down. Um, I just think we have to find a way to be better people as ourselves. Um, also to understand how other people communicate, how they relate... But ultimately, if you don't have peace within yourself, I don't know how you can actually help other people. So I think it's a lot of, you know, self-work that we have to do. And, you know, I mean, try our hardest to be there for our friends, but everyone is human. Um, So I think a lot of stuff, you know, communication for me is key in the sense of, you know, being able to be vocal and say, listen, I need some time to myself or I'm not able to help you and being able to say it in a way that the person doesn't feel like they're not, you know, being heard. But I think communication is key and also being understanding and empathetic empathetic to each other, I think is it's very key. And I don't know if I answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess it's just it's interesting to see how that plays out with Arabella and T because I feel like at times there's this, even though they are so close, there's this friction between them, like Mm. that they're like, you don't understand me almost. Yeah. I mean, but I guess every friendship goes through, you know, parts like that because I said everyone's going to be at different points in their lives and their careers, you know, and there's going to need, they're going to have different needs at that point. So I think it's about, you know, being attentive and um, noticing what is needed of you at that time or how to behave. I mean, the thing that they always say to each other is my birth is your birth and my death is your death. That's so beautiful. Honestly, man, I felt it so much personally because I know where as me and my best friend, there were times where I was struggling as an actor. I mean... I would never go anywhere because I couldn't afford to go out to eat. But my best friend was like, I say to people, she was basically my boyfriend because she was always <laughs> playing for me when we went out to eat. Do you know what I mean? And 
it's a thing where we didn't say it, but her birth is my birth and her death is my death. So like we're in this together. I know there was going to be ups and downs, but either way I got you, sis. Mm. Um, and I think that's one of the beautiful things about Terry and Arabella's relationship. And I think there are a lot of, you know, black women, like you said, you, uh, Shan, you said you hollered at your best friend and were like, we need to watch this, it's <laughs> us. And it's beautiful to see that reflection on TV. I mean, you know, the nuances, the ups, the downs, and the fact that they, at the end of it, are still friends and they just grow together, you know? And it's it's just beautiful to see. Yeah, because I've always had a strong belief that um, female friendships are so powerful and it's so nice and so refreshing to see that on screen because usually you would see that play out in a romantic relationship, right? Mm. So it's so nice to see it in a platonic one. I feel like you don't get a depth of that in a lot of programmes. Yeah. Soul sisters, that's what I call them at some point. Because <laughs> I believe soulmates, you know, in soulmates yeah. being your best friends as well. I mean, it doesn't always have to have a romantic side to it. And I think Terry and Arabella's soul sisters, it's so cute. They really are. They really are. <laughs> Shall we get this show on the road? Let's do it. And it's actually nice to see that kind of soulmate friendship expanded beyond, as I've said before, that kind of heteronormative discussion where Kwame is introduced and they're, they're this threesome that are equally as, you know, they're all super tight. And it's nice to see the, well, it's interesting, I guess, to see the juxtaposition of how um, kind of heterosexual assault is dealt with versus homosexual or in you know being black and queer and navigating that assault because Kwame obviously is there's an added layer of fear that he has mm-hmm. in reporting or even just sharing with you guys whereas Arabello yeah. is very open once she realizes that her friends are supporting her and they're coming with her to the police station and so what do you think that or was there an aim to highlight the difference in the challenges and how did you guys navigate telling that aspect to the story I mean again that's on Michaela's writing, the way she's highlighted that, I know myself watching the scene where he goes into the um, police station was heartbreaking for me because I was like, yeah. that is that is wrong. That is not right. This person is, you know, brave enough to come and to report this and there was nothing in place to address it. Um, I mean, it's reflective, I think, of how, like, you just... You basically <laughs> said... <laughs> everything um there are added layers um for Kwame and reporting it and you know again the sexual consent comes in because obviously the scene he had had consensual sex and then you know it then switched up so again also back to a gray area where how is this categorized how is this dealt with um I think yeah, it's it's down to, it's down to Michaela's writing for her to highlight these important things and the struggles that people face, you know, heteronorm heterosexual or otherwise, you know. Um, and I think as black people as well, it, it's a, it was beautiful to see that um, highlighted and shown that you know these are things that black people experience. No, 100%. I think there are so many surprising things that we saw as well. Like, um, you know, there's so many things that I was shocked to see on on TV that, as you said, we've never seen before. Period like sex. the period scene. <laughs> <laughs> I even struggled to say it out loud. I'm just like, how do I phrase this appropriately? Like, <laughs> the blood clot on the, on the no, bed. No, that was I a bit mad though. I don't, I don't, that was... Was that <laughs> I was like, no... What's she trying to what, what added context was that? And it's just some Greeky, fr- freaky, Greekiness. I wasn't that no, like. But it, it does happen though, doesn't it? What? I don't know. But <laughs> period sex. Period Do you sex. Get, yeah, yeah, no, when I first yeah, said period, period, I, think, I think if the guy started picking it up, I'd be like, "Are you alright, mate?" <laughs> that's a bit wild. Also, if your period's that heavy, I'm not gonna lie. No judgment zone. <laughs> Everyone's freakiness and sendingness and dandelizingness is different levels. But if my parents that heavy. That she I'm, did warn him. She did, did warn she him about the clot. Did she warn him about the clot? It's a natural lube. It is. <laughs> it is. I I can work my five days for my natural lube. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I I think I think the fact the normal like the fact that she put that in there I think it was 
what I found great about it was the normalization of period in gender in, gen- yeah. in general. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I saw a lot of people tweeting that I've, they'd never seen anyone put on a pad on TV yeah. before. She's wearing her pad throughout that club scene. You see, you see the wings. Yeah. And I mean, oh yeah. When she's just... on the floor dancing, yeah. I was like, "Skin like your pom pom." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Nah, this girl is skinning out. She's on some I mean, real hard shit." It's normal, you know. We just don't see it on TV. Mm. We all have periods, mm. and it's just kept as still uh, all secret. I mean, it's normal. Everyone has periods. I mean, you know. Um, so I think that's what I like to see about it, and the fact that you know we were all freaked out a bit about it <laughs> also it's kind of like why is it so weird like do you know what i mean but i i, I like the way because it's she normalized it for me um mm. yeah they'll see no wings seen a period the pad that was that was great i know i remember when we were filming it i was like what is she doing <laughs> <laughs> but then watching it i get it i get exactly what it is <laughs> Was there anything that you particularly loved to see represented that you hadn't seen before that for your character in particular? Um I really enjoyed everything really. I mean most of all I enjoyed the language. That's what I really enjoyed mm. the fact that it was how British black people speak in London. Yeah especially that obviously it's the story is from london so it's specific to that i mean a lot of my friends are calling me and they're like you, do you know how much how crazy it is to hear you be like oh my g yeah 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 and you know on the bbc yeah bbc one bbc one like it bbc one darling it was on bbc one prime time television so I really enjoyed that, you know, the vernacular. It was so good to just, you know, just be. And I felt that I could, you know, I could be. And it made it more, it made it natural. And I think that also helped enhance the whole performance. You know, I mean, as an actor, you can do different accents. We can do the RP. We can do all different things. But this just felt, it felt real. And I really enjoyed that, that we were able to speak in this vernacular and a lot of people, you know, British, black London, we can all relate to it. You know, we understand what we're saying. I feel, sometimes I feel bad for the Americans that they're going to need the subtitles. (laughs) (laughs) But um, that is one thing I really, really enjoyed about it. You know, the authenticity of the language. That was great. It's really interesting you mentioned that because I saw, I don't know if anyone else saw this, I think it was on Instagram, but it could have been on Twitter as well. Americans discussing the accents in the programme, be like, oh, she's not British, she's African or something like that, because they had never seen black British people before on television. They didn't know what we sounded like. They expected us to be like, chip, chip, because they, they'd never seen, <laughs> do you know what I mean? They'd never seen us before. So they thought, oh no, she's not... Um, She's not British. She has to be. That's be an African accent because they're just yeah. not used to seeing it. Whereas we're so used to seeing Black American culture. Yeah, I mean, it, I think I really enjoyed the fact. I a lot of people when I asked Michaela, I said, "Where is Terry from?" Because we all know Arabella is Ghanaian, Kwame is Ghanaian. So I was like, "Where's Terry from? Is she Nigerian?" And she said, "No, she's not Nigerian. She's actually Jamaican." And I was like, "Okay." But there are some like African references, like, you know, the wawoo and things like that. But it also just makes me appreciate how black British culture is now. We are one, basically. Do you know what I mean? We all listen to the same music. There's not the division of you're African, you're Caribbean. We're actually our own culture and we pick and mix. We take from all of our cultures, you know, and mix it together because we're you know, black people at the end of the day. And I really, really enjoyed that part of it. Um, You know, there's also a scene where... Have it happened yet? I don't know. But Terry speaks in tree to Arabella's mum. And that, for me, was like, okay, that's cute. Okay. You know, and she knew what to say. The same way if you had, you know... And it's just just nice to see that, you know, that mix that we've all got going on together. Um, yeah, and it's good, I mean, t- to educate the Americans as well, because exactly, they think we're like tea and crumpets, but we know <laughs> all about them. I mean, 
the way I talk, some people ask me sometimes if I'm American. I'm like, no, sis, I just watch a lot of TV. <laughs> um, you know, so it's it's good. And I enjoy the fact that they get to see that we all have similar experiences. I mean, the accents might be different, but we're us, you know, mm. regardless of where in the world we are. You know, black people in diaspora, we have a lot of shared experiences. So, yeah. It's interesting, right? Because you're an actress playing an up-and-coming or an actress that's trying to come up. Do you feel like you were able to kind of connect with Terry in that sense in terms of when you go on the audition and being questioned about the wig and that kind of thing? A hundred percent. I was basically (laughs) reenacting some of my audition scenes. Not, I've never had anything that bad with the microaggressions. Thank God for that, because that's a bit... that might have scarred me growing up like coming up in the game if someone had asked me to do that but um it was I know about being a struggling actor um you know the self-confidence issues I mean there would be times where I'm going into auditions but in my head I'm like yeah I'm not gonna get this um so you go in and you do it but you're not really in it if that makes sense Mm. and I know a lot of black creatives and millennials we're, we're all trying to sort our lives out you know trying to understand how things are going so as an actor playing an actor which I'd always wanted to do but never quite understood how it was going to work it was quite interesting it was a lot of flashbacks (laughs) I mean when I walked into the where we did the audition scene for the commercial um Michaela had called me a couple days before and said what does it look like in a commercial um casting room because I've done a lot of commercial costumes in my in my time <laughs> so I said to her there's a coffee table there's the chairs this is this this is that and I remember walking into the set and I was like Whoo, we- <laughs> trauma <laughs> we're back in the trenches yo <laughs> um so I think that was I was definitely able to you know draw on those experiences and um it was it was interesting it was it was fun to play and um, to show those, you know, those feelings and a lot of actors, I will be able to relate to it. A lot of actors, you know, people mm-hmm. who've experienced similar things, being asked about your hair and stuff like that. But the whole casting experience, I think a lot of actors will be able to relate to. And mm-hmm. I was saying, so, yeah. So I feel like I need to ask a little bit of, for a little bit of tea um, <laughs> for some future episodes, because... I am concerned about Theo. I don't. I don't know if I trust her. I don't know, I don't know how like you guys her. feel about this. Like... Shut up. <laughs> Doing to shut up. Don't. Okay. Y'all gonna have to tune in to find out. <laughs> what do you guys think? Do you guys trust Theo? I think she's a good heart. I feel like she's one of those white people, yeah, who has bad, who has had bad experiences with black people in her childhood, and that's facilitated her whole view of black people growing up and she thinks because of that she thinks i'm not racist i just xyz do you know what i mean so i don't think she has bad intentions but there's something yeah there's something you know when she admitted about the um the commission thing i really rated that because i'm not being funny would you have done that <laughs> no <laughs> my girl in the middle of the party my girl's very everyone's busting the microphone and she really said come come over here for one sec just so you know, when I did that, I actually got more money because you're black. That's mad. That's <laughs> I actually, think that's, that's, that's very a testament brave. of the realness of her, though. Like you said, she's got a good heart. I, I think she definitely has a good heart. Yeah, I, mean, that's, that's, I don't think someone... I mean, we don't know. We have to watch. We have to see further into the show to understand truly what she's like. But there's, I feel like there's a lot of trauma that's behind maybe how, how she is. Because when you look at that scene with her mum... Mad. First I of still all, don't understand. To have, to have I her mum that does that it. is nuts. Yeah. And then to also to to live with that lie is nuts. Then you'll get then you're doing <laughs> prostitution in school. That's nuts. <laughs> then you're lying on the poor black kid. That's nuts. Wait, then you're doing self-harm for bands. That's nuts. It's just nuts, nuts, nuts. That there's there's, there's <laughs> whatever she is, it. It, there's a lot of childhood trauma. If she, mm. if she ends up not being someone we can trust, I blame it on her mum. Because there's too much childhood trauma for, oh, yeah, for a child to be in secondary school and to think I'm going to self-harm for banter to set someone up. That That is beyond, like... 
it's it's, it's that's, like that's you just said the trauma world, man yeah everyone's response to trauma is different yeah i feel like if i met her at that party though i'd be like i don't know about this girl yeah because imagine yeah <laughs> it's your birthday it's my birthday and you, <laughs> it's my birthday and you've said to my friend happy birthday and she's gone no actually it's olivia's birthday you've gone happy birthday excuse me it's my birthday <laughs> <laughs> that would piss me i don't remember that bit <laughs> She did pay for some of the food, so I bet Terry was kind of like, let me just let this one slide. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) There would have been no party. Remember, the finances were tested. Tested. My girl was doing, hello, welcome to Vegan Curry or whatever it was, to fund the party. The party was funded on live. (laughs) But it was still lit, though. It was lit. I'm not gonna lie, that's like the quintessential host party. I wanted to be there as well, like, especially in this time of quarantine. It. No, oh no, I mean, I should, we were all watching it, even watching it at home. I was like, oh, what I would give to be at this party right now, man. <laughs> Trust, but yeah, I, I feel conflicted about Theo because I don't know how to process her victimization and then how Terry and Arabella respond to her as kids and then adults. So, like, how did you guys, I mean, for you, how do you process that whole experience of her being obviously exploited by her mom, but then kind of complicit in um, in accusing a black man of sexual assault? And in a way that's some at least somewhat based on falsehood or lies. And because I feel like sometimes for black women, we have to choose between gender and race. And in that moment, that's kind of what I thought about is that, you know, they're choosing their black man over the gender. But I don't know if that's how you guys processed it or that was the aim. I feel like it was a small example of a much bigger problem where like... um, they're like you know family first like you're one of us we protect you like Mm. it was almost a microcosm of what happens within the black community when we talk about race like it was a microcosm of like um this is an in-house problem like we don't trust outsiders do you know what i mean i felt like it was done really really well Mm. and also they're very clearly like woke in the sense of what's that line that they say they say something there's a line i wrote it down and they say something like um the thing about the power of white girls' tears. Like, they're very advanced for their, yeah. for their ages. Because when I was that age, I wasn't that clued up about <laughs> how advanced and all these um, pretty things that white people had these advantage of. Do you know what I mean? I, did, I, I didn't know about these things, honestly. Mm. But for me, it definitely reminded me of, like, brotherhood and, like, family. Like, you got up and, like... You know how, like, when it comes to the... Like, people talk about the Black Lives Matter movement and how women are always at the forefront of, like men's like trials and tribulations or whatever that definitely reminded me of that because they did not hesitate to go and just yeah. to be at the forefront because that guy because even when you deep it yeah the i don't know if he was mixed race or black but the guy who had the, the footage he didn't go yeah. nowhere he did not yeah. want to get involved but the girls were the ones who were like it doesn't matter if i've got Send this on my phone fire. i'm still gonna yeah. go and that just shows such a true reflection of what we see now when it comes to um black women like dealing with trauma on behalf of black men yeah your perception of theo carries through to you as an adult like obviously you guys have that tension and i'm Mm -hmm. assuming it's that rooted in the same issue yeah it it was based on that but i think again like you said the struggles between gender and race which um i think as black women we struggle with even with like you know feminism as well i think black women have also those issues um it's just there's so many things i think to unpack but i think yeah at that point terry doesn't trust um theo at all because of what happened and she finds it quite strange that arabella's got amnesia (laughs) (laughs) and um but again i i guess we understand that arabella and theo also are able to bond because of the trauma that they've both experienced i mean if they didn't both attend the um survivors club um survivors meeting they wouldn't have built this you know new friendship that they have so i guess it is a constant struggle i think for black women you know trying to navigate being a woman being a black woman i mean it's a constant struggle that we're we're going through and i think terry's reaction to theo in that 
time, I think, is um, based on that struggle as well. But um, we, we'll see. We'll see what, what happens. <laughs> Clearly, we're not going to be able to get too much out of you about what's going to nope. happen next. <laughs> nope. I, we, I need you to watch it. I'm telling you. Get the we're going to watch up. it. Don't know, you don't know about us. Trust. We've been watching it, baby. <laughs> I like that. I don't I watch like series. That. I don't watch series for nobody. Really? The yeah, sure. I watch EastEnders. That is it. I swear. Only. <laughs> I've watched all of the episodes. I'm up to date. That's incredible. Well done. Okay. I'm, I'm impressed, sis. They've been Thank trying to you. get me to watch series for time. <laughs> series that get watched. Yeah, I've been telling Shan to watch all of these TV shows all of that them. we've been watching at home. And she's like, no, not interested. That's not her thing. That's no, incredible. Not this made a change. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm you glad. That's encouraging. To watch yes, series. I like that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> what? What do you feel like, I mean, without telling us too much, what do you feel like is the main takeaway that you want the audience to have, especially from a mainstream perspective? I think because Livs was talking about in the last episode about sometimes, you know, shouting into an echo chamber. But I feel like there's so many different nuances and so many things that we can learn about this show um, that most of us have not tackled before. But for you, and I guess the expression of your character, what's kind of the main takeaway for you? I mean, like you said, there's so, so, so many things to take, so many elements, so many issues addressed. So I think that, you know, even if there's something kind of for everyone to take away from it, I think for me personally, the main thing I take away from it is growth, you know, um, and education. I mean, there are so many things that people are going to learn, I think, from the show you know, through the performances, through the issues that are in there. But I think it's a thing where it's encouraging us to constantly question and be curious and, you know, to find out more, to educate ourselves and to just make sure that we're growing and learning and trying to be better human beings, if that makes sense. Um, And it's hopeful for me, hopeful in the fact that things are changing. People are, you know, opening up and, you know, trying to learn more, trying to understand more trying to be more empathetic. And I think empathy is a huge thing as human beings that we need, especially now in this time, to understand where other people are coming from and being mindful of other people's experiences. Um, but, yeah, the main things for me is growth, you know. we Once you stop growing, you're done. So um, growth, 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 growth. I love that. Especially for, like, a male audience who... Um, you know, maybe have never had these conversations with their friends. They're seeing it for the first time. You know, I guess, what would you like um, male audiences to take away about this kind of thing and conversations of consent? The same things, growth and education. I mean, some of them will probably, and I hope, have conversations with their friends where they're aware that what they may have experienced or may have done wasn't right. Um if that's something that they've experienced, but it's just to learn, to learn and to do better, really. Um, mm. To learn and do better, yeah. Growth, man. <laughs> <laughs> Growth in every sense of the word, I think. Grow as human beings and friendships and all that stuff. Have you guys been watching this with your male friends? Have you guys had these conversations with any of your male friends, actually? Yeah, I've been watching with my boyfriend. And I think what you're saying about people taking things away from it is definitely something that he's done. So he's been more understanding of women who's been through this experience mm-hmm. and he's been more reflective on scenarios that he's not directly been in, but maybe felt like he could have done more in the situation. Mm-hmm. So like if a female, let's say if he was an out on a night out and a female's told him this happened and he's kind of been like, okay, without actually understanding and processing what's really happened. I think yeah. it's made him do a lot of thinking. And I'm sure there's a lot of guys... Like, when he told me the scenarios, I was like, why are you taking it on? There's no there's no need. But I think because mm. he's watching this and seeing how much... Um, even this, this, what can seem like the smallest of things in the programme, in comparison to the biggest of things, like how much it can affect someone, I think it's just making him really think. And that's what I was saying at the start of the podcast, that I think the best part is how easily digestible it is to people... Yeah whether they're yeah. open or caring about the subject or not. Because 
there's going to be a lot of people who would have watched this passively because they're just in the room and the girlfriend's got it on or the sister's got it on and they're forced yeah. to watch it. And because it's such an easy watch, they are going to have to think that there's no way you can mm. watch this programme and not think. Like, no way. <laughs> Do you get what I mean? That's, am- that's amazing, man. I think that, that that's what it is to, you know, to learn and to grow. And that's what it is. You know, even just the little things, like you said, and just paying more attention and being more aware going forward in life, you know, knowing being aware of what's happening around us yeah That's yeah sick. for sure i would love to be a fly on the wall when a bag of road man is in the room <laughs> watching this show i hope they check themselves that's what i'm hoping for before they end up That's, on the list yeah so. oh god Ooh. yes um well and does anybody else have any questions i feel like we could keep this going forever <laughs> i feel like we've been talking about this for weeks and we have so many questions, but uh, yeah, unless anybody has any other ones, we're just going to wrap up. Yeah, just just quickly. Are we going to learn more about um, the conversation between Terry and what's that guy's name when she talks to him on the bench when he's at work? And he's like, you've oh, come Simon. here again. Girl, you're going to have to watch it. I can't <laughs> tell you nothing. Because I don't know what Terry's been up to. Girl, you're going to find but out. In that scene, where she, in that scene <laughs> where she's like, yeah, because she's in that scene where she's like, I took her to painting, to dance, to yoga. And I'm like, hon, we're doing that for you. Because you feel guilty, sis. You feel guilty you're doing all of that. I'll, I'll ask Terry for you. She's not here right now. You oh, see the oh, this, is, this is where we chase her. Get, Terry's, get that we're Terry's make up. wig is somewhere else. Get that we're going to make up and come back I to the I can't answer for her. She's not here. <laughs> No, stop. We will find out and I'll tweet you. Like, is it? I no worries, sis. I'll, I'll respond. I'll respond back to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of waiting to see more about how Terry processes her own sexual assault as well. Because I feel like we see glimpses of it, but I don't know if she gets a chance to like fully express or discuss that within the context of the show. I, I assume you're not going to tell me. Nope. <laughs> But you see you. I want to tell you all my secrets, all of them. Because you don't, even, I say you don't even, nothing. You know, like some people in an interview will be like, "Oh, so basically, what I can say is, she's like, I ain't saying shit. I don't want no smoke, sis. <laughs> she's like, I need to be in the next episode and the next season. They're not losing my point. That's what I'm point. saying. I need them checks. <laughs> No, I don't blame you. But it's been sick talking to you, though. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me. This has been great, ladies. Honestly, man, I've enjoyed this. Thank you so much for having me. So thanks so much for listening, guys. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get them from. On Twitter and Facebook, we're Dope Black Woman. And on Instagram, we are Dope Black Woman 1. We'll be back with you next week. Until then, stay blessed and unapologetically black. All the way black. Blackly black. Black Tastic. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot. I forgot she's an actor, guys. So she's trained. Come on, guys. <laughs> That's Come easy on. for her to remember one sentence, one line. Sorry. That's actually when it gets really tricky, you know, when it's just a one line. Oh my. Nalinga, I can't wear the bashment down. Shani, came at five. What's that song? Click your finger if you want to roll with me. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. All right. Okay. <laughs>